Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. service and we're just thankful to be here. Uh, We got a little scripture to read with you. You want to stand to your feet in honor of God's word. The book of Hebrews, two verses. (coughs) Let me get my water. I already got one up. Verses 18 and 19, the Bible says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge, lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into the, within the veil. Father, bless your word in this hour, your man and every soul that's here, God. And we just give you all the praise and glory and ask you to help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. The thought the Lord laid on our heart, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. There's a lot of things in the world out that we see that people are putting their hope in. But we as believers in Jesus Christ have a different hope. We have a hope of an anchor for our soul. And that hope is something that if you have it, you're either in the will and the presence and the power of God or you're outside. And there'll be a day that you'll wish that you'd have had hope in that anchor. When you talk about an anchor, and as I started looking at different anchors, there's all kinds of anchors that both use. But this kind of anchor is an anchor that Paul was using and referring to that had to do with weight. It had to do with it having the ability to actually keep something in place. It wasn't a hook by no means, but it was something that was filled with something else. I started to bring a a basket in here and and show you what it looked like, but it's simple, just a basket, and it had a rope tied to it, and it was filled with things. And there's a lot of things that we could put in a basket. Amen? There's a lot of things that we fill our life with. We fill our life with All kinds of things. The world says you need good health. The world says you need a good job. The world says that you need a nice home. The world says that you, you know, success is measured by so many things that when we look at the Lord, He said to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He said all these other things would be added unto you. Amen. And as I looked at all the different places in the Bible where it talked about hope, Hope is a is something that we hope for, amen? It's something that is yet to happen. But I'm telling you, this hope right here is something that's already happened. This is a hope that when I'm in trouble, this hope right here is what gets me through trouble. This hope right here is when, when life gets uncertain and I'm not sure what's going to happen. When, when I get a report from the doctor or something doesn't go the way I think it ought to go or something's out of my control, this is a hope that pushes all that out of the way and puts me in a state, in a being, in a mindset, in a place where I am able to stand firm in what I've uh, known, what I have that's been secured, that cannot be moved, that is 
of steadfast and unmovable. And this kind of hope that I uh, am referring to this morning is a hope that only comes by having one thing in your basket. And we'll get to that in a minute. But if you don't have that one thing in your basket, you're hopeless. You're hopeless. You can fill your world and the things that are in your life with all kinds of things. You can put your job in there. Hey, uh, I'm here to tell you I've, I've had to fight to see that my kids got some kind of education. Uh, whether or not I did good or bad by them, you know, they got one. But I'm going to tell you what, that kind of hope won't get you where I'm trying to get you to. Yeah. That kind of hope won't get you where you need to go. Yeah. That kind of hope right there. It, you know what? I found out as Mason decided that he wasn't going to take that shot and he lost his job over it and he's been waiting and looking for another job, I found out that that education didn't do him no good. Right. Amen. Amen. Them four years at Amen. University of Tennessee failed him. Amen. If it was as far as if that's what he was going to use to sustain him and give him some kind of foundation and keep food in his belly and keep clothes on his back and keep him a car to drive, it failed him. It wasn't able to produce the the effects that I thought it was going to do because of the uncertainty of it. And you can, you can start naming all the things that are going through your mind right now. Amen. The things that will let you down. Yeah. Friendships. Friends with the world. I, I'm reminded in the Bible where there was a man who had a kingdom and he said, I'm going to put my kingdom, set it in, in place this morning. And he called all of his stewards. And he said, I want an account of my affairs. And he found one that wasn't doing right. And he said, I'm going to let you go. And that man quickly started calling those that owed the kingdom. And he started cutting their debts in half in percentages. And Jesus said, this man is smarter than the rest of you, you religious people. He said, this man is, is making amends. He's making a way. He's preparing. But yet he said, he'll do all those things, but they'll not get him into heaven. They'll not get him where I'm trying to get you to. I'm trying to tell you. That you need to do right by God. That's what the whole point of that was. He was trying to get the people that were listening to him to understand that you've got to get something in your basket that will keep you. You've got to have something that's for sure going to get the job done. Amen. There's no substitute, see? There's no substitute. There's only one thing that God's looking for and, and on that day as it tells us in Hebrews 11:27 I think it's a it's appointed unto man once to die. And then there'll be a judgment. Yeah. There'll be a, a viewing of what's in your basket. Yeah. There'll be an account that'll be taken into consideration before the king of kings and the lord of lords. Where God inspects your basket and finds out what's in your basket. To see if it's going to get the job done, Amen. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm thankful that that I have a hope. He said, "Which hope we have? Who's we? All those who have put the right thing in the basket, Alfred. All those that have they they've forsaken everything else, Amen. They they've 
gotten over it. They moved it to the side and they said, I just need one thing in my basket. I, I, I'm just looking for one thing and that's all I need. And if I have that one thing in my basket, I have a, a hope, an anchor of the soul that's unmovable. It's the one thing that will matter in the end. All, all the things that we think are important on this side of eternity will not matter on that day. Being rich, having a bank account, being healthy. I mean, we've seen many souls pass here recently. In the past two years, it seems like, you know, I always tell friends, they talk about, well, the world's getting wickeder and wickeder. And I say, no, it's always been that way. It's been that way since sin entered into the world. And most people can't see that. But when you get a biblical point of view, a Bible view instead of a world view, you see, I didn't understand things from God's point of view when I was not associated with God. I didn't understand that every man dies because of one thing. You say, well, they died. Well, they had a heart attack. They had a car wreck. Um, they lived an old, fruitful life and passed up. No, that's one thing that killed them. It's sin. And sin is rampant. It's a... Yeah. It's 100%. There's, yeah. there's none that, that it has respect over. Amen? It's, it's appointed unto man wants to die. Yeah. Never misses its mark. We know of two, but had we not read the Bible, we wouldn't know to them. Mm-hmm. Enoch and Elijah translated and taken up in a fiery cart pulled by angel horses of fire and glory. It's not missed its mark. But yet, those that have Jesus, amen, those that have Jesus Christ, He said, you've passed from death unto life. I've I've died to this world. I've died to myself. I've died and, and I've got... One thing in my basket. Jesus. And when I got Jesus in my basket, see, the rest of the stuff, it lost its influence. It, it, it lost its appeal. It, it lost its glamour. It lost its sparkle. Though, though, I mean, I'll be the first one to say a new motorcycle sounds good, right? I'll be the first to say that nice homes and good foundations and and having a good job and an income is is a is a good thing, but it's not the right thing. It's not the most important thing. If I truly have Jesus, I have everything I need. Do you have Jesus? That's the question this morning. What hope do you have? Which hope we have as an anchor? Are you a we? Are you included in that group? <laughs> Is that, is that your only hope? Or are you saying, well, I'll, I'll look to God later at a more convenient time. I, I will uh, start looking for God when it seems like, you know, there's an urgency for it. But I'm going to tell you what, that death is no respect of persons. It has no respect over your age. It has no respect over your health. It has no respect over your your color or your upbringing or or who you know or who your parents are. It it it'll get you when you least expect it. So the key 
is to get your basket filled with this hope, this anchor, the anchor of the soul. Amen. I'm, I'm thankful that the day that, that my soul was taken in to the hand of God Almighty, that it's never been, there's never been a question. I work with a guy and he's, he, uh, this is what got me thinking about this scripture. He's all the time worried about what is going on. He, he's all the time worried about what everybody thinks about him. He, he's more concerned about that. And I said, I said, Larry, why, why do you feel that way? Why, why do you constantly uh, put yourself down or think that you're not adequate and all this other? He says, well, that's the way everybody makes me feel. I said, Larry... It's not about your feelings. He said, well, what else am I supposed to do? He opened the door for me. Amen. I said, you live by faith. (laughs) You don't live by your feelings. And as we learn as Christians that I understand my my feelings lie to me. You see, when I... I take an account of my life most days and I and I look at it and I say well this doesn't feel right or, or this doesn't look right I, I have to step out of there and, and get beyond what I see and what I feel and remember that I am living by faith mm-hmm. and you see faith is what got Jesus in the basket yeah. because yes. without faith it's impossible to please God yes. and when I put faith in Christ I found that I live no longer by what I feel, but I live by the faith that's in Christ. And he said, all right, these are things that you start stacking in the basket, right? I thought of Valerie, her list. Amen. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're sitting here today and, and your life seems like you're a ship on the sea and everything is is out of control. Let me tell you how to get anchored. Remind yourself, and that may be by a fault of your own, that you just don't read, that you just don't pray, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, that you truly are looking out there for things that only this can give you. Right? Because I have to remember that I'm His and He's mine. I have to remember that He said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. You know, I I remember when I, when that car ran out in front of me on that motorcycle, I was laying there on the ground and I was trying to get up and the the emergency guy was pushing me back down because I was like, I'm good, I'm fine. And then I, the first thing that I thought of, he said he'd never leave me or forsake me. Yeah. And I'm trying to get up. And he's like, you can't get up. And I was like, why not? You know, because I was in shock. And How many times have you stockpiled and started taking withdrawals out of your basket? Amen. There'll be a day when I'll, when I'll go to my accountant. Amen. I'll call on the Father. And I'll be taking a, a, a withdrawal, amen? Yeah. And then I, I'll need something in there, amen? That'll get me to the other side. And what he's looking for 
Is that the blood that was shed on Calvary has been applied in that I'm not going to stand there because of what I did or what I didn't do, but I'll stand there before God and be welcomed into His habitation because of what Jesus did for me. You see, that's that's something you put in your basket. He did it for me. Amen. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I, I, I didn't do anything for it, Brother Paul. I, I just accepted it and believed it. I received it because it's a gift. It's a gift that He has offered to all mankind that if you come to Him, He said, come to me and I will give you rest. He'll give you an overwhelming hope that this world cannot dislodge that this world cannot disrupt. That this world and the turmoils, I'm telling you people, it's not going to get better on this side of eternity. America is not going to get fixed over. We will not be the 1950 America ever again. They've been farther and farther and farther away. And you say, well, it's because you're more biblically wise. And I'm saying, No. Our politicians don't care about God. Our nation doesn't care about God. It cares about pleasing itself. If it did care about pleasing God, it would repent of the murder of innocent children, of, of the disruption of families day in and day out. Our policies are not to help the family, but to dislodge them. To have the mindset of of Mrs. Clinton, it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you what it takes to raise a child. It takes God. Yeah. It takes the fear and the admonition, Papa, of the Lord raising a child distinctly and uniquely godly, with love and without without any kind. Of worldliness in it. Amen. With true God love. Not showing favoritism. That's a great description by the way. If you're not going to Sunday school. You need to. Because you're missing out on how to live. You're missing out on how to study. How to know the word of God. How to rightly divide it. How to have it inside of you. How to believe it and be able to take a withdrawal. See, when you're out in the world and the church ain't there with you, the preacher ain't there with you, the deacon ain't there, the song leader ain't there, you're not feeling good about your circumstances and your life, you'll have something inside of you that you can take a withdrawal from that will sustain you and help you. And when the world is trying to dislodge you, you will be unmovable. So I got a few more scriptures we'll read. Romans 8 says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. There's two kinds of hope. There's a hope that is yet to happen. Amen. There's a hope that one day my faith will end inside. Amen. I'll I'll see Jesus. The Bible says that no man has seen God and lived. Amen. But yet we know that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I know one day that he came to me and I saw him. You say, well, how did you see him? I saw him in the spirit. 
He saw me for what I was. And yet, instead of casting me out, instead of forsaking me, which He should have done, right? Maybe you're sitting here this morning. You're thinking to yourself, why would God love me? Why would He save me? Why does He care about me? Because He's not willing for any to perish. He tasted death for every man. When He went to Calvary, He did it with the intention that your soul would be saved. That you would have this blessed hope. A steadfast hope. Anchored. Your soul anchored in what Christ has done. As Christ liveth, I live. He said, I am not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Amen. And He has made me alive forevermore. He said, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? Why, why do I hope for that day? Because there will be a day when sin will be done with in my life. I'm looking for that day. You see, it's rampant. Even though I'm born again and even though I have this, my soul anchored in the hope of Christ and the work that He did for me, sin still runs rampant. And now I know the difference. Now I don't like it. Now I have this, the mind of Christ that I hate it. Why do I hate it? Because it causes death. It never, it never does what it promises. It always leads. The wages of sin is death. It, it's never going to change. How do you know that? The Bible told me. See, that's something else I can pull out of my basket. The Word of God. Amen? The Word declares unto me what God says is good and what God says is evil. And there's not a gray area where there's not, well, there's an exception to this. No. The wages of sin is death. And, and righteousness comes by obeying God and His Word and knowing His God and being able to to keep and adhere to it and love it. Amen. Paul said, I, I love the law because it converts the soul. It, it leads us to Christ. It leads us to the one who kept the law. Who did he keep it for? He kept it for me one day. I found out that he fulfilling the law, he said, I, I've not come to do away with the law, but I've come to fulfill the law. And that though I couldn't keep the law, and still am guilty of breaking the law. I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And when I do sin, and I said when, I repent. And I look to God to help me. But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. And I'm waiting for that day. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you don't have Jesus in your basket, You don't have any hope. And the question you ought to be asking is, what's in my basket? Let's get a song. First Peter says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As I was, as I was praying and God was giving me so many scriptures, and of course, I was looking for them too. I was reminded in Matthew 7, not to mention Corinthians, Matthew 7 says that there's two foundations that we can build our lives on. He said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 
And the rain descended. That's the troubles, y'all. The rain is troubles. And the floods came. That's when it started getting overwhelming. Where I thought, well, I'll, I'll tread this water out. That's what they thought back in the days of Noah. I'm sure they thought, well, this we'll, we'll deal with this rain. They, I'm sure maybe some of them thought maybe they could even swim, but they found out that the rain never started, never stopped. It didn't stop. It didn't stop until they couldn't couldn't overcome it anymore. Maybe your life's like that. The winds, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and you're the house. You're the house. Yeah. It beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. What rock did it have? Jesus. You see, if you build your house on the rock, no matter what comes in your life, no matter what goes out of your life, you'll have a foundation that will stand. It'll stand against the trouble. There's nothing that can come against you that my God has not overcome. Here's the other side of the coin. <clears throat> that, that house was built upon the, the rock. It says, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, doeth them not, forget God, forget the Bible, forget church, forget repentance. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to seek my own path. Me and God will work it out. No, God already worked it out for you. He already made the way. He said, I am the door, the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. He says, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. See, there's two... Two foundations here available, y'all. One's on a rock, a sure rock, a sure foundation, and the other's on sand. The other one is not sure. The other one is, is there one minute, looks good, but the next instant can be gone. Build his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Why was it great? Because the soul was lost. This message is for, for you today if you don't have your house built on Jesus. As we sing and stand to your feet this morning, if you need God, if God is... Revealing unto you that you need Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how simple it is. Come to Jesus. Pray right there where you're at. Say, God, I, I don't have you in my basket. I don't have a sure anchor of my soul. Matter of fact, I, there's nothing sure in my life. Everything in my life is unsure. You need clarity. You need vision. 
God can do that for you this morning as we sing.